Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about paid marketing, how to get sales, and I'm excited to discuss this topic with Mike Williams. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure, you know, to learn something new. Uh, before we start, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, and why you decided to take this topic. Sure. Yeah. So I've been doing digital marketing for about 18 years now, uh, and I got all the gray hair to prove it. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just I love digital marketing. I love talking about it. Uh, and I've been a big fan of paid advertising uh, for a long time. Uh, and I also teach a, a digital marketing boot camp. So I'm always looking to like share knowledge and and uh, share with people how to make the most out of their digital marketing and especially their paid ads just because you're you're paying for traffic uh, and I hate to see people get burned and uh, so I want to show them how to like turn that paid traffic into results into growth for your business so I love to talk about it yeah uh, and you know from my experience uh, I often see when uh, marketers uh, want to be jack of all trades you know when they try to cover uh, organic reach and paid marketing but it's hard you know for example um, i pay a lot more attention with organic reach seo but uh, things uh, change all the time you know <laughs> new algorithms and when uh, the last time i check out uh, some paid marketing campaigns uh, from my accounts because I have uh, people who uh, are responsible with that. I got it. No way. A lot of settings. <laughs> How I can understand all of them, you know, because <laughs> 10 years ago, I just uh, opened uh, Google ads and uh, I think that I did everything myself, you know, to get uh, uh, clicks for five cents. But today it's not the case. Can you share your insights? Uh, how to start? For example, if you have no uh, skills, knowledge, experience, uh, and but you want to jump with paid marketing? Yeah, for sure. It's a really good question because I think it's, it's quite intimidating. But then when you get into platforms, like the two most popular, in my opinion, are like Google and Facebook, right? To, to buy paid traffic. They want to make it seem really easy. And then they also have different motivation than the people that are buying campaigns, right? So for Google and, and Facebook, the more revenue they drive, the better it is for their business. And their revenue comes from clicks or you know, spending on ads. But that's not what's best for the, the business. And so it's kind of counter to that. You log in and it's like inviting you in and try these things and do these, do these things and it's going to be great for your campaign. But in actual fact, the results aren't there. And so you have to keep that in mind that while these platforms are great, some of their recommendations are not necessarily great or in your best interest. Um, so I think, I think to get started, there's lots of different ways. Like, you know, we do have a digital marketing bootcamp. I'm not here to promote that uh, necessarily, but there are lots of really great resources out there and it's tough to know which ones to trust or not trust. Um, there's a couple good courses on Udemy. Uh, I, there's a, there's a really good, good course by Isaac Radansky. I think that's his name, Radzinski. Uh, he does a really good job of explaining that. Uh, so you can check that one out. That's a good place to start, but you can also start with Google and Facebook's, uh, own training. So there's like the Google, uh, you know, training Google Academy, I think they call it. And then, um, Facebook's blueprint, but you have to keep in mind that it's going to show you the basics. It's going to show you how to run ads, how to spend money on those platforms. I would always say it's good to find another course like this one on Udemy 
that talks about how a business or an agency runs campaigns on Google or Facebook or spends money. So, you know, there's a ton of resources on uh, on YouTube uh, to help with that. Uh, there's a, there's, you know, good, good podcasts to follow. I always recommend the perpetual traffic podcast from the guys at digital marketer. Uh, and some of the people that speak on that podcast are very knowledgeable and have uh, really good YouTube channels, uh, as well. But I would say, you know, to anyone starting right away, it's okay to be intimidated by it. Just don't necessarily listen directly to the platforms because they're going to tell you how to spend money go slow, keep your budgets low, uh, and be prepared to spend a little bit of money to learn. Some people will look at that as like, oh, I wasted some ad spend or I wasted money. It's not wasted money if you know how to collect the right data and learn from that. But so many people that I hear from, they say, oh, we tried Google, it didn't work. Or we tried Facebook ads, it didn't work. You have to make it work. You have to make it work for you and try lots of different angles uh, before it will work. It's not a set it and forget it model. It's also not something where you just like set it up and it works right away. Once you start your campaign, you have to learn what keywords work, which targets work, which angles work, which strategies work. And that takes time and testing. And unfortunately in the paid world that takes money as well. I say unfortunate because it, it's, it's hard to watch your money be spent, but paid advertising is a really, really great way to make things happen quickly. Right. You put yeah. a little bit of money behind it. You start to see clicks. You start to see transactions. Uh, the thing I would just recommend for people is that you don't get stuck there. Paid advertising is great. It's what we focus on at Jetstream, but it's not the be all end all. You still want to create content. You still want to do some organic stuff, SEO, email, these other things. Uh, and ultimately, as a marketer, digital or not, you want to build a brand. Right. Don't just set up something that's just focused on transactions, because as soon as you turn those ads off, that traffic's going to go away. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with all your insights, especially uh, I often see when uh, people are trying to set up paid uh, marketing, but they have no uh, strong brand recognition. But most customers don't buy from brands if they don't know them. It's yes. like, uh, yeah, for example, if you want to buy new sneakers, uh, uh, and you have the choice uh, Nike, Adidas, <laughs> or uh, uh, unknown brands. Yeah, how you can choose this brand even if it costs less? Uh, you don't know. Uh, and yes, it's better to uh, use different approaches, uh, organic reach, uh, SEO. Uh, and, you know, I have the question about um, landing pages. Uh, for example, uh, I, I don't think it's a good idea to set up paid marketing to uh, the same pages that you have on your website uh, for getting organic reach or other services because today personalization is key. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I read a study from HubSpot that um, they use uh, 200 pages with different <laughs> words with, with the same meaning. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, uh, can you share your insights? How to uh, create a landing page that will sell your products? Yeah, no, it's a great, great question. And, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up landing pages because it's part of your conversion rate optimization. And that is more of the stuff that happens on your side. So you, you know, to do the things to optimize for Google and Facebook so that you can, you know, pay the lowest click or pay the lowest cost per acquisition, but you have stuff on your side, you can improve your conversion rate. You don't have to accept a like 3% conversion rate or like a half percent conversion rate and say, oh, that's how my site converts. You can change that. So I highly recommend using landing pages. 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of Unbounce. I don't know if you've heard of Unbounce, uh, but there's lots of other good ones out there. Uh, it was at Land, Landing Eye and um, uh, Lead Pages. Uh, there's, there's a couple other ones out there that are, that are really great. So it doesn't matter which one uh, you use, but I highly recommend that you create one. Uh, and then there's some, you know, some sort of basics to follow. You know, have a good hero shot that features the product or service. Uh, people love to look at images. They love to look at images of people's faces uh, and, and then have a really concise and specific headline that captures your U USP, your unique selling proposition. If you don't have a unique selling proposition, that's problematic for your business. You need to figure out what that is. You know, you talked about Nike and Adidas and then whatever that other random shoe brand is, they better have something that's different than those other two. Um, so you need to feature that. Uh, you got to have your call to action. Right. Usually that's a button. And I, I like to just make it obvious, make it look like a button, make make sure that people know it's clickable, tappable. Um, you know, those are some of the real basics. Some of the other stuff that can ha add some of that uh, credibility, authority and trust is like logos of maybe businesses you work with or that have bought or purchased your product or reviews. Uh, that social proof showing that, hey, the target market that, uh, you know, that you are as a user also bought this product. That social proof is is massive for converting users. So, um, you know, the landing pages, there's a, there's a lot in them, but those are some of the basics that you can do. Uh, I do recommend using landing pages for paid traffic because you're paying for that click. Don't just drop them at your homepage and hope that they find the thing <laughs> that you want them to find. They're not going to. There's going to be a lot of friction between where you drop them to where you want them to go. So take them a little bit closer. And then the other thing I would say too is, is think about landing pages that may be in between the shop page. Like if you're selling, you know, the shoes or something and you send them to the page that is selling those shoes, that might be too abrupt. You may need to kind of slow that down and walk them through and hit like a pre-sale page that talks about some of the other points you want to share that bridges the gap from the traffic they came from to where you eventually want them to go. So it seems counterintuitive to put a landing page in the way but it absolutely can work to help convince the user or make them trust the brand. So um, like I said, there's a, there's a lot in that, but a tool like Unbounce will allow you to optimize and try a lot of different things. And it can have a massive, massive difference. You can see conversions rate, rates go from like half a percent to like 5%, 10%, you know, like these ridiculous conversion rates. But you do, you're talking about HubSpot, you do have to throw a lot of landing pages at it. You have to test a lot of different things and try a lot of different factors before you figure out what that thing is. And I guess the other thing I would just throw in there too is it's not about the design. Making it look pretty isn't necessarily the thing that's going to win. And sometimes the things that you think won't work do work. So be prepared to test some stuff that maybe is a little bit outside the norm or makes you feel a little uncomfortable because sometimes that stuff will work. Yeah, valuable. Uh, you mentioned about unique selling proposition. Uh, and uh, for example, when I check out some guides, they proclaim what you need to do to open SEMrush or HRS or any other tools, uh, many great paid tools, and check out how your competitors take this traffic and sales. But you know, your competitors might have strong positions with that. Uh, so they're unique selling propositions and you can't compete with them. Uh, it's like Elon Musk, when he started Tesla, he didn't try to overcome Toyota, Mercedes-Benz, we can see today, <laughs> yeah, Tesla costs a trillion, 
Dollars, a lot, you know, yeah, crazy, yeah. crazy money. <laughs> and uh, I think it's a good example for any any niches businesses that you need to find your way, uh, what your competitors usually ignore. For example, um, when I create my um, content plan for clients, I usually check out uh, content gaps or uh, uh, mm-hmm. what competitors don't do it uh, because uh, yep. if they do something, they uh, have strong positions. And if they set up paid campaigns, uh, they have good uh, products or something like this. Can you share your insights how to find these gaps uh, in paid marketing? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. And one of the things that I, that I love about paid marketing is that you can go and get up against these giants. You can go up against Tesla, Adidas, Walmart, Amazon, uh, and you can do just fine. You can do really well. Uh, and sometimes those content gaps or those opportunity gaps you can find is something that they're never going to look at. It's something that they're not even interested in. They're not paying attention to. But you found that. So I, I do use tools like uh, SEMrush. Uh, I, you know, on the Facebook side, I love checking out the Facebook ads library. So I would find out, you know, I would probably do a, I would do a competitive analysis. Like when we start working with clients, we take them through a lot of different things. One of those things being a competitive analysis, which then informs other things like keywords or targets or personas um, or even creative. But you, I guess the first thing I would say is you're not going to win if you're just copying but you need to understand what your competitors are doing and find a different angle, different approach, something that stands out. And that's your USP. Um, and so, you know, I would use tools like SEMrush to find unique keywords that maybe no one is advertising on uh, and also find unique opportunities that they're just not, they're not interested in. They're, they're too like high level. They're willing to like bid more. So as a marketer uh, with paid advertising, it's not just about how much you bid or how much you you want you're willing to pay. If you're actually a good marketer, you can bring down those costs per acquisition. Um, and so that's one thing that I really love about it. So I think people should keep that in mind that you can take on and win these other um, uh, against these other competitors. But sorry, back to what what I would do is I would I would take a look at Semrush, find those keyword opportunities. Uh, I would also you know take a look at the Facebook Ads library. Find out what sort of creatives and funnels they're using on Facebook, but you're not doing that to copy. I'm just, you, you want to get a benchmark of what they're doing and then how can you approach that differently? Uh, how can you do something with a little bit of a twist on it? And if someone is like a direct competitor and they have a s- exact same similar USP to you, you don't really want to enter that market with the same thing. You've got to find something else like a sub USP or a sub niche that gets you into that opportunity. Uh, and I would say like, if you're advertising on something really broad, like red shoes, that's going to be difficult. You're going to have to go for some longer tail niche stuff. You might have to go for like red basketball shoes that are waterproof or something like that, right? That's a lot further down that is going to create an opportunity. And then all your landing pages and all your ad text, uh, relates to that term. The, the big guys aren't going to take the time to do that because they're like going across a very wide level, a wide array of keywords. And you're going to go for niches. Uh, or if you say it, niches, I've heard lots of people say the riches are in the niches. Uh, and I think that that's true. So that's your opportunity as a marketer with maybe a smaller brand or sorry, a smaller budget uh, is to find those niches uh, and target and bring people out and then bring them to a landing page 
that is relevant. So hopefully I answered your question. I was a little bit all over the place, but uh, I just get really excited about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, time value. For example, uh, I remember the time when uh, you invested a dollar and uh, could get two dollars back. But today, uh, in some niches, uh, it's hard because uh, of competition. Yeah, it's high yeah. competition. And even if you have similar products, uh, the same products, uh, it's hard to find your unique selling proposition. And um, what you can do, uh, for example, to invest a dollar to get a customer and uh, keep this customer longer. And uh, yes. if you provide a good service, uh, these customers might bring their friends, uh, recommend your products. And um, at that point, you can get two dollars back. Can you share your insights about uh, how to uh, uh, analyze uh, uh, that um, you can get uh, or keep customers longer uh, if you get these clicks. Yeah, for sure. So you know, when I started in, in digital marketing, you know, I started doing like affiliate marketing, which is all about like a transaction, right? And so it was just all about, you know, how low can we buy something for and how high can we sell it for? And so it was just a transactional nature of, you know, selling, uh, you know, as an arbitrage game. And things have changed a lot. It's a lot more competitive. CPCs are higher. CPMs are a lot higher. And so when you're working with brands, uh, you know, we need to think about acquiring customers. It's not necessarily a transaction like I got a click, I got a sale. You, you got a sale, but hopefully you got a customer. And that customer needs to be with you a long time. So HubSpot recently, uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago now, three or four years ago, talked about the the funnel becoming the flywheel i don't necessarily agree that the funnel is going to go away because it's always going to be the funnel the buyer's journey is always there but once the person you know takes that action and becomes a customer then it's up to the business to bring them through the flywheel and the flywheel talks about uh you know making that sale marketing to them delighting them they have an amazing experience they enjoy the product you know they just have a great connection with the brand and eventually, you know, at the at the tail end of the of the the flywheel, the flywheel never truly ends. But once you've got a customer all the way through that, they become an ambassador, an advocate, and so then they talk to people, they tell people about it, right? And so when you think back to, hey, I acquired that customer for, you know, a uh, hundred dollars, and they bought something for seventy five dollars, so you like lost money on the original transaction, but then for the next six years, they bought set for $75 every month or every quarter or something that customer, you know, you make back profit, but even better is that word of mouth piece. If they share on social, if they tell their friends, they might tell one person, they might tell 10, they might tell a hundred, they might tell a thousand, who knows? And if you have enough of those people that come in as a transaction and are acquired as a customer, and then you do all of the right things as a business and as a product, even if your product fails, if you have great support and they have a great experience that way, they'll still talk about the brand. And so that's why I talk about, you know, yes, paid advertising is, you know, feels kind of transactional. But if you're not building a brand, it's going to be very difficult and it's going to get more and more difficult for you. So uh, as an agency, we're focused on paid ads and optimizing campaigns and landing pages, but we don't forget about what's happening with that lead what happened with that sale are they coming back are you treating them well because we're not going to be around for very long as your agency if we're just sending transactions that then you know got tricked into buying your product and then hate it and talk poorly about you that's the opposite of what we want 
So we have to work with brands to have them understand, hey, you need to provide support. You need to provide chat. You need to make sure they're having a good experience. You need to follow up with those leads right away. You need to treat them well. Um, you know, I think this is a really good thing as digital marketing and marketing in general matures and a lot of the challenges we're facing with privacy and cookies and tracking and attribution, all these things are going away. Digital marketers are having to become marketers, which I think is a really great thing. Uh, and so we need to think about these things and think about customers rather than transactions. So uh, if anybody's interested in learning more, just look up the uh, HubSpot flywheel. There's a ton of really great information from HubSpot talking about this, but it is about making sure that everything that happens post conversion is an amazing experience for the customer. And then you are supporting uh, your advocates, your ambassadors that are out there talking uh, about you. And I, I talk about a few brands. I'm, I'm a big fan of like Lululemon or like bubbly sparkling water, or there's a sock company here in uh, Canada called Endure Apparel. I really love their products. So I tell people about them. I, you know, I buy, buy gifts and I give those sorts of things to people. Uh, I am an ambassador for those brands. Uh, and so I didn't realize it until I really understood the process myself that I am really connected with brands and you want to create that resonance with the brand so that you connect with and understand and relate to your own self as, you know, I'm part of this brand, I'm part of their tribe. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think it just think it's really interesting how when I used to do paid advertising, I was like, I didn't care about brand at all. I'm just like, hey, how much did I buy that customer for and how much did they make on it? Uh, and that's just changed so much. Yeah, great, valuable. Okay, let's talk about um, Facebook and Google. Uh, you mentioned a few times Facebook, Google. I think uh, all paid marketers pay attention to these platforms at the first stage because uh, yeah, they have huge audience. Uh, what is the main difference between them? For example, I think that uh, when I open Facebook, I will not talk to my friends. I'm not interested to uh, buy anything. You know, I just uh, scroll my feed uh, to analyze what I can get there. But uh, when um, customers have a different mindset, for example, uh, they uh, have no buying mood, how to convince them or uh, how to sell at that point and uh, compare Facebook and Google? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing when I think about Google, and that's where I really got started was in Google search, was I love the intent behind a keyword search. When someone searches for red shoes, they're looking for red shoes, show them red shoes, right? You're already almost already at the bottom of the funnel. You just need to convince them to trust the brand that we've sent them to. So I don't, I wouldn't say that it's easier, but I think for me, maybe it is a little bit simpler. It's not as complex because uh, that's kind of where I grew up in my digital marketing career. <clears throat> but that's the thing about Google keywords have intent, right? And so, I mean, when we talk about Google ads, though, there's also YouTube, there's display. Um, I won't go into that, but I think that's the main difference. Uh, with Facebook ads, You it's interruption marketing. You're not in that mode. You're there looking at wedding pictures or your friend's dog or, you know, a friend that, you know, was at a sporting event or something like that. You're there to, like, kill time, browse. And so, number one, you have to, like, interrupt people get their attention. And so one of the best ways to do that is to just use like non-polished, not necessarily off-brand, but not too brand specific that looks like an ad. So you capture their attention, bring them to the, the product, 
and then you need to take them through a funnel. You need to, you need to, you know, get their attention and then show them why this product is interesting and valuable. There's a little bit more time to tell stories and to bring them through that story, get them to the connect with the brand, and then at the right time, show them the product. So to me, Facebook ads is a little bit more complex, whereas, whereas Google ads from the search standpoint is a little bit more direct and people are already at the bottom of the funnel versus on Facebook, you've got to take them through the funnel, awareness, consideration, conversion, and that can take some time and some complexity. Uh, still works really, really great. It's just a totally different mode. And then I just want to mention that like on Google ads, there are display ads, there are YouTube ads. This is also like interruption marketing. They're just not on Facebook. They're on a website or they're on a YouTube channel watching a video. So, you know, Google ads is very complex. Facebook as, as well. There's a lot going on there. And it's, like I said, it's fairly intimidating for anyone that's just getting started with it. But those are the two main things. Google ads, search, intent, uh, Facebook ads, interruption marketing, take them through the store take them through the story uh, within your funnel. Uh, and it can be, um, it, it can be challenging, but I'll, I'll just tell you, it does work. Uh, and <laughs> as I'm surprised by it, I'm like, these people are just here, like browsing, you know, looking at stuff and they're buying. So people do buy. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about uh, buying persona. For example, I want to share uh, an example from my company. When uh, we started a YouTube channel, uh, I told my uh, team, uh, uh, we need to set up paid ads, you know, to get uh, views uh, for our new videos. And uh, they asked me where we can find this uh, demographic data. I told them, okay, take from Google, you know, we have uh, paid ads on Google. And uh, that was mistake. <laughs> we didn't get any <laughs> results with that. And uh, we analyzed a little bit, spent time and got it that we have different uh, data. Uh, on Google and mm -hmm. YouTube, even uh, one company, but uh, content is different as well, uh, because on uh, uh, Google, we have some commercial pages, uh, blog content, but on YouTube, it's like uh, educational content. And uh, can you share your insights, how to create a buying persona if you have no data? Or for example, you have data from uh, other channels, but it might uh, not work with new channels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's really interesting that you mentioned that too, because we've got a couple of clients that, you know, the stuff we're seeing on Google is completely opposite from what we're seeing on Facebook. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you said it was female on Facebook, you know, 40 plus, and we're seeing males 20 to 30 on Google ads. Yeah, the same, the same. Also. Right. So, so we, we take a look at a lot of different data points. We're looking at Google analytics. We're looking at Google ads. We're looking at Facebook ads. Uh, you know, we're looking at whatever we can, you know, if we have like a list of, you know, CRM data in HubSpot, can we aggregate that? Uh, because sometimes what people say their persona is, like clients will say their persona is or what they assume their persona is, is, is actually not correct. Or what they're getting as sales is not necessarily the right persona either. So just because someone buys doesn't necessarily mean they're the right ideal customer. So we like to take information from a lot of different data points uh, and aggregate that together to get a more like accurate. It's still a bit of a guesstimate because you're not doing that real data research that costs thousands and thousands of dollars to do. And there's companies that focus on that, but you can come up with a pretty darn good one by aggregating all of the data from all the different platforms. Um, but even that's not, not, not necessarily ideal. 
what is really good is if you can look at, if you can go and do review mining, look at different customers that have commented on your product or someone else's product that's in a similar market. If you can see, sometimes you can get through and see their profile, you know, maybe on like Reddit or uh, Facebook or, or somewhere else. You just want to make sure it's the real user. You can actually go in there and see like, hey, this is what the person looks like. This is their age, gender. Here's what they're interested in. You know, that does take a lot of time, but sometimes you can go a little bit deeper and get some public profile information from a comment that was positive or negative. Um, so I don't know if I have the perfect answer for this, but we take data from a lot of different areas. And when we start first start working with a client, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, Google Analytics, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, you know, uh, Twitter, wherever we can get information, Instagram, uh, and looking at all these different things and try to aggregate and summarize the ideal customer with some sort of like, you know, just gut feeling from the client. Like we, we, we know we're getting those customers, but we actually feel it's this one over here. And so we try to manipulate that into an ideal client profile and come up with two or three and then, and then test those. And we'll take them through like empathy mapping to get an understanding of like, who is that customer? What are they up to? What do they do? What are their interests? And then how do we reach them? on Facebook or how do we communicate to them on Google? And so you you kind of take a, what I call like an MVP, like a minimum viable persona. And, and then it, that evolves over time and it becomes a little bit more solid, a little bit more concrete uh, as the business grows. And then you know with a little more cert certainty that yes, it is females 40 plus who are interested in nature and, and you know hiking or something like that, right? Hopefully that makes sense, but it, it takes a lot of work. And this is the work that as digital marketers, we don't really want to do because it's real marketing work. Uh, and we're finding ourselves doing more and more of that. Yeah, as usual, it's everywhere. It doesn't matter if paid marketing, organic reach. <laughs> it takes yeah. time to be testing, analyzing, cons consistency. Yeah. And uh, uh, what about other platforms? Not Facebook, uh, Google. Uh, we have Bing, we have uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, and many others. For example, uh, one of my uh, clients asked me, can you help me with uh, paid marketing on LinkedIn? I told him, sorry, <laughs> I don't do it. It's better to hire some uh, specialist experts who know this direction. And um, uh, he tried uh, himself uh, and wasted $400 uh, reply to me. No, uh, LinkedIn doesn't work for me. <laughs> I asked him how you uh, spend this money. Uh, he replied just using uh, guides on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I'm not sure it's a good idea. Uh, uh, it's better to hire experts who know uh, the platform, who, uh, who know something you know, uh, from this niche. Can you share your insights? Uh, how to choose uh, other platforms, not Google and Facebook, and uh, where to start? Uh, for example, uh, to hire consultants or uh, to learn a little bit more about these platforms? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we spend most of our time, our focus is on Google and, and Facebook, and sometimes I wonder if that's not niche enough. Um, but we do, we do run some ads on LinkedIn. Um, and I would say that LinkedIn is a challenging program to work with because it's like Facebook 10 years ago. It doesn't have the features. It doesn't have the algorithm and the AI and the understanding. At least I don't see it there. Um, and it costs so much more. We, we had a client that was spending over $70 a click on LinkedIn ads, right? And, and that's like astronomical. It's really difficult to make that work. Um, 
So the, the, the challenge with LinkedIn is the tighter you get with the targeting, the more specific you get, the more expensive it gets. And everyone and their dog is after decision makers. So they're, they're targeting CEOs, CMOs, executives. Uh, and so it's really competitive. And so that cost per click just goes through the roof. Like the minimum cost per click sometimes is like $15. Right. So I think that's a challenge with with LinkedIn. And so we don't do a ton of LinkedIn advertising. Um, what I actually look for is like, because I really like Facebook's interface and their algorithm and their system, and I, I feel like I can trust it, even though some of that has changed uh, post um, iOS 14. But if I can do a similar thing, if I could target the similar person on Facebook over LinkedIn, I'm going to go with Facebook every time, even if it's not as accurate because I, I can make that one work or the system will optimize until it works. Um, so I'm not gonna say that LinkedIn doesn't work, but it's definitely more B2B uh, and you need to really think about your funnels there and be prepared to spend a significant amount to just to get like a hundred clicks, just to like test is gonna cost you some money. So uh, if it's not the perfect like only platform for you, I'd probably look for some other alternatives uh, and then just so everyone knows, when you're buying on Facebook ads, the platform, you get access to Facebook and Instagram. So you can choose to advertise on Instagram. When we run campaigns, we usually use auto placements. So they'll go on Facebook and Instagram and, and, and Facebook will find out what's the best place for this ad. And then with Google ads, uh, you know, YouTube is a great opportunity. I don't think enough people are taking, uh, looking at that. That should be like the number three, like Google, Facebook, YouTube, but it is within Google ads platform. Um, huge opportunity. I think they say YouTube is like the second biggest search engine. So, uh, and people are there to like, look for like how to do this, uh, or they're killing time and you can bring them to your offer. So I think YouTube is a great opportunity and people should definitely, um, test that out. You can do that through the Google ads platform. Uh, you, the last one, I guess I'll talk about is, is Bing, um, not a bad opportunity, just smaller market share. You know, if I could add another campaign or ad group within Google, that's probably easier for me to manage one platform than it would be to move to Bing. Typically, Bing users are a little bit more affluent, not as savvy, um, maybe a little bit older. So if you know that's your customer, that might be the right place for you. But I wouldn't want to manage two platforms when one is driving like 95 to 90% of the traffic and, and Bing is driving... Um, none of, you know, very limited amount. So that's why I would stay away from it. Yeah, I have similar issues where when people ask me why I don't post content on Twitter, Instagram, you have a lot of great content on LinkedIn, but you know, I have a lack of time you know, to post yeah. everywhere. And I'm not sure that, uh, by the way, I tried, I tried a few times, I got it. Uh, you can't be successful everywhere if you have no uh, big team, you know, exp uh, specialist experts. And um, it's interesting that um, I check out uh, this feature on LinkedIn uh, with decision makers uh, on sales navigator and um, when i opened my company i got it that uh, i am a ceo of my company but i didn't find myself on <laughs> from decision makers and if you in people who don't work in my company yeah they are decision makers right. yeah it's better uh, to check out twice all these features okay i have the last question um sure uh share how people can reach out to you find you uh, learn more about you or order your services 
Yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm big on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I was on all the other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, you know, trying to get on Twitter and stuff. And I just, I really love LinkedIn and I love the, the people there. Uh, they're really genuine and there's not a lot of trolls and people are pretty supportive. Uh, so, you know, I do a LinkedIn live session on my Jetstream uh, page uh, as well uh, once a week. Uh, but you can just find me on LinkedIn. Might be a little bit find, hard to find me because my name is very common. But if you look for Mike Williams Jetstream, uh, you can check me out there. If you want to check out our website, it's uh, jetstream.agency uh, is the URL. And then I also teach a digital marketing boot camp with a, a startup accelerator here in Victoria uh, in Canada uh, called Alacrity. Uh, so you can check out Alacrity Canada, or we're just building out a site for the digital marketing bootcamp at Alacrity Academy, alacrityacademy.com. Uh, uh, you can find me there. Cool, cool. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us uh, on Spotify, Google, Apple. I'll submit this content there. Thanks a lot, Mike. Yeah, I've learned a lot, you know, valuable insights. Paid marketing is not my direction, but, uh, you know, it's like uh, you mentioned before, it's better to learn something. For example, from my experience, uh, I have much better results with customers who learn about uh, organic reach because uh, if they understand um, you can provide much higher results because we uh, work uh, as a cohesive team you know <laughs> i think it's the same with paid marketing yeah uh, thanks a lot for your time yeah it's a big pleasure to learn from you yeah thanks for having me it was great thanks uh, thanks a lot thanks for listening to this entire podcast Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.